Hello, welcome back to the Sam Mantics podcast. He's Sam, I'm Glenn, he calls me daddy, and sometimes I have to put him on the naughty step, and that's just the way it is. <laughs> there we go, and that's oh, it. We've, we've, we've killed him, he's dead. <laughs> yes, daddy. So, yeah, so as you can hear, Glenn has joined us um, for this week's podcast because we have a very special guest who's already made themselves aware, made themselves known. He is Matt Dyer of the Sam Mandy's podcast. Hello. Matt Dyer, welcome. Hello. So th- this episode is part of the mindfulness series. However, the subject of the mindfulness series episode is our beloved co-host. But <laughs> before, we dive in, before we dive in, Matt Dyer, Shush, Glenn Chamberlain, how have you been this week? Uh, yeah, not been too bad, thanks. Everything's been a little bit hectic. It's um, We've actually been ill, although you wouldn't hear it from my voice. Um, we've all been ill in the Chamberlain-Harrison household, but everyone's getting there now, um, and things are looking a bit peachy. Looking forward to uh, getting back to playing football at the weekend, so can't really complain. Oh, hey, hey. Sam Cropper, how are you? I... I'm fantastic. I'm shitting rainbows over here. <laughs> yeah, to be fair, you you sound as healthy as I've heard you for a long time. Yeah, I, I'm I'm wonderful. Um, no, I've I've possibly got the devil's uh, lurgy. Possibly, um, I'm just waiting back on a test result, which I took I think yesterday and sent yep. it off, and it arrived it arrived in the early hours of the morning. So I'm hoping that I'll get it in the morning get it at least by latest like tomorrow morning um yeah you should do yeah but yeah it's it's fine if it'll be ironic if um the covid has very has changed itself and like become a new variant of like the decepticons and matt dyer has given me covid from many miles away through the podcast Um, right, so how is this episode going to work? So as you can hear, Glenn is definitely going to be in the co-host chair with uh, with me. So we're going to be going through an angry round of reviews with Glenn. Then we'll jump into the mindfulness series with with uh, Matt, and then we've got a story time with Sam at the end, which is very special. More on that later. So, without further ado, our special guest, please. Reintroduce yourself. Hello, my name is Matt Dyer. You may have heard me on the Sam Antics podcast. I were I my hometown is Hemel Hempstead, and I now live in Leighton Buzzard. Elbizzle. Elbizzle, yeah. I work in a professional capacity for a living at a pharmaceutical oh sorry, I should say leading UK pharmaceutical distributor. Hashtag ad. Hashtag ad. Hashtag ad. Hashtag polar pals. Um, <laughs> and I've recently got over COVID. COVID survivor. I am a survivor. Let's not jump into that song. So no. <laughs> how, you fe- how are you feeling about being in the guest chair for this episode? It's quite nice, actually. However, it's it's still 
this is going to be the first and only time a guest is going to have to record uh, t- to edit their own podcast. So I don't think we can love the editing on Paul Glenn's shoulders. He's, he does have a child to look after. That's and I've no <laughs> idea what I'm doing. I was going to say Glenn wouldn't have the foggiest idea where to start, and I mean that with the utmost respect. Thank you. <laughs> without, further, without further ado, let's jump in with Angry Bat. now i'm going to pass over to someone who's not usually that angry unless i'm winding them up within an inch of their life glenn chamberlain please take it away thanks sam um yeah so first angry man review i think it may have been uh, covered before but i'm gonna go over it anyway so it's related to covid unfortunately i know everyone's hey. bored of hearing about it now but it is um and Specifically, uh, the wearing of masks. So basically, my company has been very strict throughout with the wearing of masks. Only this Monday, just gone, did they complete... No, the Monday before, they said you no longer have to wear it. You no longer have to wear them as long as uh, you're comfortable doing so. But however, you can still wear them if you wish, which obviously is the same throughout society at the moment. Yeah. Um, but the one thing that really pisses me off is, one, the people that continue to wear them that moan throughout the last two years of wearing them, that they've had to wear them. And two, the people that have moaned throughout that continue to wear them, but still wear them incorrectly, so they're not actually <laughs> doing anything. I mean, oh, yeah. quite at so this what's point. The point. Like, they have it barely covering their mouth. Some of them only have it covering their bottom lip. It's like, so you're literally just having something on your mouth to chew. Like, yeah. If you at this point don't know how to wear a mask properly, or, or, sorry, it's not even that, is if you just don't wear a mask properly because you're a dickhead, just don't don't get in the bin, get in the landfill. Yeah, definitely. And let's be honest, like, you wouldn't put a condom over your balls, would you? Do you know what I mean? Like, you know exactly where that needs to go. Well, someone might like that. Is that not how it's done? Sorry, mate. Sorry. Oh, fucking sex in uh-huh. high school wasn't any good then, was it? Mate, you're doing it all wrong. <laughs> no wonder they don't come back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back uh, to uh, Mars. Um, but yeah, so the ones we have at my work establishment, they even have a decent bit that crimples over your nose, so... We have to wear safety glasses as well. And people moan, oh, they steam up my safety glasses so I can't wear them properly. All right, Velma. They lit- <laughs> they lit- Sorry. <laughs> 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 they literally have a bit that you can crinkle it over your nose and then you can put your gla- your glasses over the top of them to hold it in place so they don't steam up. I- honestly, it infuriates me so much. I mean, I've just gone to not wearing a mask because... I really can't be arsed with all the aggro now. Okay, well, yeah. so, do, I'm, not, I'm, not wearing, I'm not wearing a mask at work anymore. Um, do I feel like it helped out the UK wearing it? Yes, yes I do. But now I've realised how much I struggled to breathe when I had it on compared to now when I'm not wearing it. The only thing I would say is um, I will tend to wear a mask if I'm feeling unwell. 
Um, like, for example, if I needed to go out and get medicine now, I'd stick a mask on. Um, or if I'm in close proximity to, like, 50 people. Do you know what I mean? Like, if, if I'm, like, rubbing shoulders with people. Um, oh, yeah, 100%, yeah. I think it's just down to your personal um, preference and your responsibility within a set situation. So you not wearing a mask in that situation is kind of kind of fine, if you know what I mean. But it's there. Yeah, I mean... The people that are just, like, getting the mask and they're not actually using the mask, so what's the point in having it over your face? You're having it over the face to basically say, I have a mask. Why? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. They're literally wearing it like, yeah, I'm still wearing a mask. I'm still doing the right thing. But, like, it's like you walk past and you're like, mate, it's it's still under your nose. Like, oh, you're breathing so predominantly in and out of your nose. And what like, is the point? Or the yeah. best thing is they wear it at their desk and they get up from their desk and take it off. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> at the How desk many people tie their shoes in the morning? I know, honestly. Oh, it it infuriates me. They probably just wear Crocs. Um, <clears throat> it annoys me so much with the dignity holes filled in. Um, Obviously. Oh, yeah. Oh, just... no, it annoys me as well because um, I, I literally I feel like people that wear with the mask like under their nose and just under their, like basically just covering their chin and their mouth. I really feel like going up to them and just saying, all right, mate, you've got a cold chin, have you? you chin cold. Like, it's just stupid. That's all that is doing. So, no, very good. Angry Man Reviews, very good. Well, yeah, I think we've covered that enough, and I believe you covered it in previous podcasts. So we'll move on to the next one. Now, the next one uh, won't come as a shock. It involves uh, Sam Cropper. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it doesn't actually. I just didn't think it'd be an Angry Man Reviews without mentioning your name. Um, (laughs) So, um, all right. Matt's practicing his slow can can. Um, no, the next one is actually it's happened this week with none other than my mother. Um, oh. hey? sorry, but <laughs> don't like the sound. That, right? sound right. that did not. Sound so it's right. an argument. Sorry, okay, but so it's people that get into an argument about things and are clearly wrong, but will not like will not admit it. They'll just carry on with the argument or, sorry, discussion as if they're right. Like, literally, it's over the smallest thing this week about the position of a crane that you can see from my parents' house. But it's infuriating. Three other people have told her where it is, and it's blatantly, it's, we're all right. And she continues to, like, oh, just eat away at us about it. And is it's that the so- crane that's... Infuriating. Is that the crane that is over by where the old police station was? Yes. The one yes, that's literally it is. outside my window. Yes, and she's convinced that it's over by the M1. Right. Would you like me to take a picture of it and send it to her? I mean, the crane. I think you should. I think I think that would be brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, of the crane. Matt Dyer, I will refer you back to last week's episode. No dick pics. No, no. <laughs> I nearly killed you there, didn't I? <laughs> you fucking did nearly kill me all. <laughs> Sorry, Glenn. It's <laughs> all right. Right, let's leave, let's let bygones be bygones. About Matt Dyer sending dick pics to your mum. But the crane. The crane. Yeah, so literally, like, it's obvious. It's it's there. 
everyone can see it. It's obvious from miles, even from there. Now I think about it, it's obvious where it is. But it's like there's been so many discussions over the years of like that I've had with people, and I know I'm right, but because they won't back down, it then ends up making you question yourself. But also, oh, yeah. it gets me so angry. Like I'm not gonna lie, you do it, Sam. But you do it. You do it just to wind us up. You know yeah. you're wrong, but you stick to your guns to wind us up. And it is infuriating, but at the same time, it's hilarious because we just get into heated debates about soup. Just and, to, just to and, like, um, like kind of shed a, a little bit of light on um, the relationship in our group chat. Basically, the Gentleman's Club group chat is predominantly Glenn as like the parent figure within the group worrying about me and Matt and making sure that we're okay. Um, but also me and Glenn will talk about like football and stuff and then Matt will chime in and then sport will get talked about or something. But then all of a sudden, random debate would spark. And in my head, I know I can get so riled up that he will, he will go absolutely mental and go on a rant. And then I just let it happen and just watch it. Get some wait for out. that bite. I literally just wait for the bite, but also I can do it with Matt. And but the problem is when I do it with Matt, he gets spoken about on the podcast. So yeah, and the and voice notes end up flying about everywhere. Yeah, so it ends up and just I being this whole thing. <laughs> it's just wonderful. It's infuriating, but also I must admit I do love winding Matt up as well on it. It, is, um, it, it can. Hence his Angry Man reviews last week. <laughs> what was my Angry Man review last week? I can't remember much about what I said. Oh, it, it was. It, I'm pretty sure it was mainly about one of them was about me and Sam basically just taking the mic on the gentleman's club, just winding you up. Standard. Sounds about right. About different. Yeah. Did you say salad, Sam? <laughs> I, I did. I definitely did not say salad. Oh, I mean I that would wind him up, but yeah. Ooh. Sorry, you're a I, guest. I had a piece of fruit. At the weekend, I remember this oh, fruity. I had an orange. You dirty dog! I, <laughs> I know. Anyway, back to it. Uh, yes. So anyway, Glenn, um, I completely agree with you because there are levels to it. Though there's like the people that are adamant, sticking to their guns. There are the dickheads like me who just wind you up. But then there's this people that kind of go down it and they stick to their guns and they think halfway through shit I'm wrong and they're yeah. the people that are the most dangerous because the right thing to do is go actually yeah no you know what you're right but then all of a sudden if they don't think that they go worse than the people that just blindly think they're wrong and it's just the, the worst thing yeah it, it, it is infuriating um, but yeah I mean it's yeah, it, it's just something that eats away. It's more of a pet hate, I think, than Nagman views, but just the fact that it's happened this week just really like brought it to the front again. Because like I said, I was going to plan it, but I do stuff ad hoc all the time because that's my nature because I'm rubbish at planning stuff. Off the cuff. And yeah, and it just happened and I was like, yeah, this is going in. I'm not forgetting this. Um, it is but it's funny because thing. my dad got... My dad got involved today and uh, just in amongst the argument on our... So we have a Facebook group chat, like me, Ash, mum, dad, Nick and his girlfriend. And uh, yeah. 
and there was a big debate going on between my mum and Ash on there. It's very funny. And then my dad just chimes in and sends a link to a big toy crane on Argos. It was, it, <laughs> the timing was just fantastic. It was so funny. Oh my God. So, yeah. Um, they're the only two I really have. I did, I did think of another one, but that's, that's gone out of my head now because my brain doesn't work very well. Um, but yeah, Did, that's that's about it, to be honest. I've actually got an eight round reviews that I'm gonna chuck in here. And it is this. The people on public transport, or even like aeroplanes and things as well, that will put their feet on the chairs next to you. Oh my god, yep. Yep. Do you know what I mean? I'm so behind just, that, to paint, 100... just to paint a picture, yep. you know on, the, on trains you have the three and the three. And if you're yep. sat in like the right next to the um, right next to the window, someone sitting in the middle chair opposite you with their feet next to you, like stop yep. it. It's like you just want to lean over and just push them off. You just or just tie their laces together. Tie their laces together is preferable. I won't lie, that would be hilarious. Yeah, or it's worse than aeroplanes, I think, because obviously you have people. Um, it's obviously like three is the, usually the maximum, isn't it? So someone yeah. next to you just putting their feet up, like facing you and stuff. It's like just uh, no, no. You you have the audacity to look at me when you've got your feet next to me, getting them in. Yeah. Well, or, or, out of the plane. Or, or like you're you're sat on say a plane or a train or or an automobile, um, yes. and like you're you're sat on one. So say you sat in a three, you're sat on one. Someone sat the same side of you but left the one in the middle. And then they proceed yeah. to lift their feet up and curl them round, oh, no. so their heels are almost touching you. And it's like, what have you? What are you do? Why are you doing that? Like you've sat there to like keep the personal space, and now you're just completely encroaching it. And like you say, it's just that smug look as they do it. Yeah, it's like, in it's that like situation. I'm just gonna Will Smith. I'm gonna Will Smith slap you in the face. <laughs> It's, it's like, the look over the shoulder when they're, when they're like curled up. It's like the look over the shoulder at you. It's like, stop it, you silly bitch. Stop it. I'm going to hit you in a minute. Yeah, exactly. It's it's Wait. like, I'm just, I'm just going to throw you on the platform and then we're going to leave you there as if you were like a four year old kid. Um, yeah. Like Matt Dyer would do. I've got another question. Um, I'm going to skirt over that comment as well because that's going to spark another debate, and I don't really fancy apologising. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would. No. I would. Okay. Yeah, it's fine. Um, so, where do we stand on people taking their shoes off on public transport, including planes? That is what people that take their shoes off on public transport, like plane, like planes, trains, and like going to automobiles. I mean, you should just be shot there and then, right between the eyes. <laughs> Who thinks that's acceptable? Um. See, I have a different opinion on this. Oh, on, please God. proceed. If if you're in a car, if you're in, so say you're a kid in the back of a car, back of your grandparents or your parents' car, you're the only kid. Take your shoes off. Fine, don't care. Oh, yeah, that's fine. Like, get on with it. Um, there you go, Matt. Contradiction yourself, but um, also long haul plane flights. Hmm. If you're not getting out of your seat. I think that's fine to take your shoes off, even though you shouldn't because it's not actually good for your feet. I think it's fine to take your shoes off, as I did this on the way back from New York, because um, you can actually like just spread your toes out and stretch your toes, and it actually feels 
bloody lovely. Um, but yeah, trains, no. Okay, we're, we're gonna we're gonna skirt over Glenn joining the Mile High Club. But Matt, do you have anything to reply to that? <laughs> um, <coughs> uh, trains unacceptable. Planes unacceptable, in my opinion. Uh, your own car or your family member's car acceptable. Um, if you're in a friend's car, acceptable only with consent. All about consent these days. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. And if you haven't done a full shift, so you've got like cheesy feet. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. true. Right. Um, yeah. I, my opinion uh, is, um, I think planes, I agree with Glenn, it is, it's, it's, it is okay because your feet do swell and it, it can be sore depending on what you're wearing. Um, trains, not even if you're the only person in the carriage, you disgusting human being. And um, cars and stuff, as long as you're not the driver, I think it's okay. Um, again, oh, with, yeah. with, with consent. Did you know it's not illegal to drive barefoot? Did you also know it's not illegal to drive in flip-flops, even though it should be? Yeah, I did, yeah. That's I had this discussion horrific. with my driving instructor the other week. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, an unnamed person um, used to drive in flip-flops, and I used to like just fear for my life when she was driving Yeah. It's, right, hey, whoa, whoa. It's so scary. You're saying, okay, so I put it out. Oh, no, I lost it. So, yeah, what we're saying is you can drive barefoot in flip flops, in socks. It doesn't matter. You can drive in it. You can drive in anything, but obviously, if you have a crash, you have to prove that your footwear isn't a Defining factor so in the fact that you crash. Flip flops hmm. when driving. Yep. yep. But I'm not allowed to swear profusely at cyclists as I drive past them because, despite not them not paying road tax, they own the road as well now. Pretty much. Yep. Well, this yeah. not... don't you swear what. at people like me. Uh, I would never swear at you, Glenn, because you are a law-abiding cy- cyclist. Well, it's a bug. unless you block me at a roundabout. Well, luckily, I have don't drive, so... <laughs> Any, yeah. Anymore. 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 And now it's time for the mindfulness section of this week's podcast with our beloved co-host and voice of the Sound of Antics podcast, Matt Dyer. Hello. Hello, my guy. So, are you ready for this? Yes. Okay. So, as with previous podcasts of this nature that we've done, um, we're going to start with your time in school. So, like, mainly, mainly, I'll tell you what, let's go from when you met me in year eight till now. What has been the key points in your life that has got you to where you are today? Well, let's let's go back to that time, so So I moved. So, like I said in the intro, I um, I spent most of my childhood in my hometown of Hemel, Hemel Hempstead. Hemel Hempstead, um, H-town. Yep, or Emil Hempstead, as the French mm-hmm. say. Um, and in two thousand seven, 
um, we, well, I didn't want to move, but um, my mum and my stepdad uh, decided that it would be a good time to move uh, because they needed to be a bit closer to my stepdad's work, uh, which mm-hmm. conveniently is the same work business that I now work at. Boda so, Power HQ. Boda Power HQ. Um, so, yeah, I then started um, late middle, which was our middle school. And mm-hmm. that was, was that in 2007 or was that 2008? You came in 2007. 2007. Back end of it, yeah. And uh, so I met you on the, uh, what was called the Memorial Lawn. Um, yeah. Why was it a memorial? I can't even remember. Um, I think it's got something to do with the law. The the, the law? No, that's not it. It's got something <laughs> to do with um the the war is what I was trying to say. W A R. Oh, okay. Very good. Um. So yeah, I met you, and I met an old friend of ours, um, Steve. He was there as well, and from there we became very good friends, both of you. And from then on, we used. Me and you used to walk to and from school together. Um, and then, yeah, who would have then thought, so well, that many years later, we would have a podcast on an international level. An internationally listened to podcast. And the thing that like blows my mind each time is we were just two kids going into the library before school, doing stupid car presentations on the fastest cars in the world like just having a great time and then yeah that is just crazy that 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 was literally our upper school wasn't it experience yeah um so so that was that was middle school and then so the school system in Leighton Buzzard is different to in Hemel Hempstead. So in, in Hemel, you have infant school, primary school, and secondary school. And in Leighton Buzzard, you have lower school, middle school, and upper school. So I actually ended up changing schools about four times in the space of two years. Um, because I, so I left in year six was the last year of primary school. So I left my primary school then did one year at, at secondary school in Hemel, then had to move to Leighton Buzzard, so then went back down to middle school, and then did one year at middle school, and then went back up to what is their upper school. Yeah. Um, so four different schools in two years. Is, you could say I was quite <laughs> quite ready to stay in one school for a bit. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so in 2008, we then moved up to upper school. Um, so that's year 9, 10, and 11. And, yeah, I mean, I I didn't dislike school. I didn't, you know, I didn't particularly love school. Um, you would, know, you, would you say you were particularly academic? No, not really. I'm not a super academic person. A lot of what I've learned, actually... I've learned post school, just being in the real world, and you know, just doing other things. Um, you know, 
university for example I was never academic enough to do university so I didn't do the university route um so there's a, there, it, it was quite it was quite difficult as well to actually choose in year 10 when we have, no year 10 end of year 9 is year it nine. when we year have nine. to choose all your yeah. options that you want to do for GCSE I'm pretty sure it's year 9 I yeah think. it is because you, because you then in year 10 then start them don't you so you have to yeah. do okay. in year 9 um but so yeah of course we missed out very key points ago that mm. um when we joined upper school and started playing a bit of the old uh, football on the the astral, yeah. we we met a very good friend of ours. Well, we? well, well, well. The story of how I met the man I call Daddy is <laughs> um, basically we had because our upper school was a like sports um, kind of school. Yeah, it's like a sports college as well. What happened was. Um, I was in the that we put in like the like separate like teams on like a introduction day, but it was like a sport introduction day. So, in my class, if you like, um, was me and a load of other people and Glenn. And basically, Glenn, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't two people from your middle school come to our upper school? You being one. Yeah, of them. it was literally me and. My oldest friend, my best friend at the time, um, we were literally the only two that came from Linslade to Big Van Dyke because it was the opposite side of town. So literally, we had an upper school that was opposite our middle school, so everyone naturally went across there. But yeah, I came, I came across, and um, yeah, literally, I was made to stood at, stand at the front. I remember that in front of all them lines yeah. in the sports hall. That was horrible. And then you and Steve were like, yeah, you can come over here. Yeah. I, I actually remember um, like running around in the um, sports hall like after that because like, they made us run around and then stop into groups. And I remember that we would just always, always, always look through the crowd to find each other. And we'd go into groups of two and or groups of three. And, but we would always, always make sure the other wasn't left behind. Quite romantic when, when you think about it. Um, but moving on. So Matt, Going to sports college, um, it isn't usually like the kind of scene you have because, like, you're not. I mean, you know, I'm saying like, you're not the most like sporty person, but um, when it comes to them turning around to you and saying, "Oh, go down to the, the Astro and play football with the, like the guys or whatever," because obviously, like, your sports like tennis and stuff. But what were your thoughts? When that was happening, like what we, what would you think about? It was quite, a, I suppose, quite a sex thing in a, in a way because you had they, they they take all the boys and play football, and they take all the girls and play rounders. I'm not saying I wanted to go and play rounders with the girls; that's far from it. But I didn't want to always play football. Like there was, if we're a sports college, there are other sports that we could have done. Tennis, for example. Um, Tennis, badminton. Yeah. Only get the tennis in the summer months, so Oh yeah. yeah, that was that was the weirdest thing for me. Was in the winter months we were forced to go out and play football, rugby, um, hockey. In the summer months, forced to play table tennis, badminton. Like what the? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. Or do bleep test? Oh fuck off! I hated them. Am I the only one that actually liked the bleep test? Yes, you absolutely nutter. No, I enjoyed them. Okay, I'm the weird one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
mean, no, I mean, Sam, I think you're the only normal one out of three of us because you're not supposed to enjoy bleak test. No, they're not designed to uh, be a fun activity, are they? It always reminded me of um, British Bulldog. Do you remember playing that? Uh, yeah, oh, we, God, used, yeah. we used to play it in primary school, but we used to call it because Bulldog was banned. So we all came up with it. We just called it court instead. <laughs> the teacher yeah, had same. no idea. So did we. Yeah? So did we. <laughs> we did not. <laughs> oh, my God. Anyway, so that was that. And then came to the end of year 11, which is at the time for us, the end of compulsory education. Mm. That has now changed. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I didn't want to go to college. I didn't really want to carry on my education. Um, so I wasn't really sure what to do, but in the end I decided, well, I need to, because I hadn't quite passed my maths GCSE. So I decided that I would retake a course within the first year of sixth form. Um, that was also at Van Dyke, mm. and I can redo my my math GCSE and get a few extra things as well. So I I did one year law, for example. Uh, I remember which I that. Found really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did another um, ICT award. Uh, so I, I, I ICT is, it was always my strong point. Um, so I my GCSE I got distinction. The award I did in sixth form, I got distinction. Just to cl- clarify, um, distinction, uh, um, the GCSE level is like the A equivalent star. of an A, A star. Yeah. yeah. Um, I also did music. I'm very, as you know, I'm a very musical person. Um, so I did music GCSE. Didn't do quite so well on that, but that's more of a theory that lets me down because I'm a very, I do all my stuff by, by ear. Yeah. I listen to a piece of music. I then spend the next an hour hour or two hours trying to transpose what i'm hearing onto the piano i think i, I think you're doing yourself i think you're doing yourself a massive disservice there because i gave you um i give you like a, a song and then within the hour you will come back to me with that song played on the piano glenn isn't this right like you back me up on this and i just yeah can i just say yeah matt you you're massively underselling yourself like the way you hear music and then like reinterpret like replay it is incredible i'll never forget when you came around here and we made you watch the greatest showman and then you went away and a day later you could play i think it was two songs from the greatest showman and me and you sent it to me and ash and we sat there like well like how has he done this when i get a song in my head i i listen to it for like 15 times on repeat and I'm not listening. This is the thing. Like when you're listening to a song, you listen to the melody, the lyrics, yeah, and the melody, yeah, words. When I, yeah, when I listen to a song, I'm listening to the chords, yeah. I'm listening to the rhythm. But <laughs> sounds really stupid, and it sounds really quite cheesy and all that. But I then listen to the emotion within the song, and that's why I'm so good with playing emotional songs. Like most of the songs in my repertoire. Big word, I know. Um, what a word. They're, they're, they are all songs of an emotive kind. They have some kind of emotion behind it. So a lot of me playing Evanescence, for example, is it's because, you know, when Amy Lee was writing it at the time, they were all, all, like emotional things for her. So it was emotive for her. So then when I'm 
listening to it or performing it, playing it even, it's then emotional for me because it, it's classed as an emotional song. Um, so, yeah, there's nothing really more to say on music. I, I love music and I, I couldn't see it not in my life. Um, and you're very yeah. good at it. Thank you. I'm, I, I think I'm average, but... No, come on, stop understanding yourself. You are very, very <laughs> no, good. No, I do. You're above I, average. I never, never big myself In music, up. anyway. <laughs> For God's sake, Samuel. <laughs> um, other than that, I did geography. Did that with Sagrada. Yeah, you did. Um, what else did I do? Media studies. I like media studies because I got to make my own radio station and that put me in good stead for the podcast because I basically do my radio voice. Um, I think there's a few others that I'm forgetting, but I just slip back into them because they're not massive things in my life. Mm. Um, so, yeah, did, didn't, and did part of the, um, the course that I did in, in sixth that I then had to do one day a week work experience. So for the first three weeks, I did some work experience late and middle. And I, did not re- I did not renew this. Yeah, you, this, is, this was, yeah, well, this is the thing. Like, I did the work experience late and middle for like three weeks. And I'm just like, point of me being here because I'm not going into work. Like when I finish the call, I'm not going to work in a school. I'm not going to do anything with music. I'm not going to do anything with PE. I'm not doing anything with like teaching ICT. So I then uh, spoke to my stepdad and he was like, oh, why don't I see if I can get you something at where I work, which is Polar Power HQ. HQ. Yeah. And so he spoke to who is now my boss. Mm. That's See, this is the crazy thing. It all comes full circle. So who my, my now boss, who is Ben, he spoke to Ben, and I then, the following week, on a Wednesday, started working and doing some little things um, for Ben, as, as a, still being at school. And then, so I did that, and then at the end of it, it was kind of like, oh, what are you doing next year? And I'm like, well, don't really know, not really got anything planned. Um, and so they asked me if I'd like to stay on and work, do admin bits within the customer service department. And I was like, yes, I would love to do that. And then 10 years later, <laughs> <laughs> I've not left. Well, I have left c- customer service, but, um, you know, so that's only recently. But yeah, so getting that work experience. Um, back back when I was at school, and who would have thought that ten years later I would be there now? It does it does help that obviously it just goes to show like it's all about who you know, not what you know. You know, like mm-hmm. it's it just goes to show it. And I think that you feeling as comfortable as you do within your workplace, um, as in like in terms of the job, etc. I think that is one of the key things in any employment. The biggest thing I've learned as well while I've been there is is how to grow as myself you know when I started and you guys will know this obviously from being at school with me I was such a shy person 
yeah, 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 yeah. Ridiculously shy. I didn't want to talk to anyone other than the people I knew. Yeah. Um, and now, you know, I'm I'm a valid member. Well, hopefully, a valid member of that um, that company. You know, I get on well with everyone. You know, if I, you know, it doesn't matter who it is. If I see someone, they know who I am. Obviously, you know, you're gonna have a little hello, good morning. You know something like that i don't think you get that with everybody yeah. um and i think that's kind of testament to how i've grown so you know when i first started not say boot and goose mm. now i'm a lot more confident person um and you know i can i can hold down conversations with people i can look people in the eye i can you know if i'm if i'm not sure if i don't agree with something rather than just agreeing because i don't want any confrontation i'd be like no i don't with that let's do it this way yeah so i think that um this is something i've seen obviously throughout the years for knowing you but um if you had to say what sort of period of your life that you actually found this inner confidence to to come out of your shell a bit more and go from being that introverted child um introverted teenager to being a more extroverted adult when what period would you say that was Um, I was, see, even growing from a child into a teenager and a young adult, I was still very, the whole way through, I was nervous. The only real change in me being a more outgoing person, should we say, came about five years ago. Mm. And that was as a result of working at Polar Pals HQ. And, you know, just... I think it more I needed to fight my corner a bit more metaphorically and physically because I, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was unhappy with certain things and, you know, the old me was just like, well, you know, it's not great, not best, but let's carry on and stuff like that. And I, I learned to be, do you know what? No, this isn't right. Let's have it out or let's talk about it. Let's, so you, I'm more, I'm more okay with confrontation. And yeah, that came about five years ago. Mm. That's, um, it's interesting because that was when you were, well, 21, 22, let's say, around that. It was around that period, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's, it's strange to say that it was around that period because I, I don't know if Glenn would agree with me um he, he might do he might not but i actually saw the beginning of this change in you once you got out of the school system because once you're when you're in the school system you were always that shy kid that, that you know me and you we used to sit at the back in geography <clears throat> we used to sit right at the back we used to just like, sort of hang back a little bit but mm. to us of now we would be mid-range to the front because our confidence grew but i think that our confidence grew because we came out of that school system where we are constantly being suppressed by these societies um people in school that would look down on people like us who are just there and want to get out and just do what you do i think i think the problem is as well is at school and i think we can all three of us agree that there are so many dickheads yeah. in our fellow peers and even the ones that aren't dickheads, the, the ones that are just annoying, don't mix with people or stuff like that. 
it all suppresses you from, I think, being actually the true person to who you are because you don't want to have that confrontation. You just want to get on with it. You know, nobody likes realistically being at school. No. Like, you know, we, we, we go to school and then we want to get home, mm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I would say that, that, you know, the whole school thing for me, it did hold me back um and so that when i wasn't in that environment and then i can't you know i took i took that in when when i started at Polo palace hq i didn't know people again it was a whole new environment so then i had to then re relearn myself within that, you know those situations and then once i was comfortable with where i was with the people i had around me and where I was sort of within, sounds stupid, the company structure, mm. I then knew and learned what I needed to do. And then I came out my show a bit and became more, not aggressive, that's not the right word, but more I vocal. Think, no, no, actually, do you know what? I think that is a good word to use, not in the negative sense, but what you were, I don't know, what the, I can't obviously think of the word that is the opposite to aggressive but you were never there was never a single bone in your body that was like grabbing the bull by the horns or like you really would just be like um uh i disagree with your point and these are the reasons why there was nothing behind it that was like i'm gonna go for this yeah but being out of the school system then growing and aging and realizing what gives you intrinsic joy has helped you develop and become a person that is not not a pushover he's not someone who is just like oh yeah keep keep throwing it all on me and i'll just roll over and take it you do now stand up for yourself and that is and i'm not just talking about like someone saying something to you i mean every aspect of your your life you don't take shit and that is important. And that is the biggest development that I personally have seen um, in you from, obviously, school to through your career. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Like... Sorry, can I just butt in here? Um, I'd just like to say, obviously, Matt, as you was leaving school, we didn't... Re- I mean, I didn't even realise until you told us, like, Back in the last year, you did the first year of sixth form. I didn't realise you did it because obviously I did the first year and I never saw you. <laughs> we never saw each other. Yeah. From, I think, sort of the middle to back end of year 10 to when we both left school, we we lost touch. We didn't talk as much. Um, And then, like you say, getting out of school really, uh, really it, it really helped me grow. And to be fair, it you two reached out to me and pulled me into this friendship group and I just think yeah as Sam said you've grown so much since you left school as I think we all have but yeah you grow you've grown I'd be glad you've grown incredibly physically as well as you know yeah as a person. Jesus <laughs> Christ Glenn used to be the now now the, I mean the voice proves it but um he grew and his balls dropped but it, he just he was the smallest of the group always always Right, right. Let, let's just put it into context for the listeners, okay? I was about 
five foot when we got to upper school. <laughs> Maybe not even that tall. By the time we left upper school, I was five foot two. No, I'm joking. I was... No, to be fair, I probably was. I probably was only about five foot two, five foot three. Yeah, this is the craziest thing. And then it got... I think it got... I think I was about 20, maybe. Maybe slightly before that. And then all of a sudden, in about six months, I just grew to basically what I am now, which is just short of six foot. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I'm sorry. All right, Matt, just because you're like six... Just because you're like six two and I look five three to you, like shut up. You're both small. Stop. You're both small. Stop talking. Anyway, let's not get bogged down with. There is one point. There is. There is with who's small and who isn't. There is one point that needs to be raised here. Yes, there is one point that needs to be said here, and that is this. Um, actually, there's a couple, but the first thing is, Glenn. I distinctly remember, um, when I when we. In year like twelve or whatever it was, when you whenever you left sick form, I was like, okay, bye, Glenn. And then I went off and did my own thing. And then when I came back and we met up for the first time, the three of us, I remember looking at you going, "That's Glenn's face," but that is not Glenn. That is a big person. Yeah, I remember that. I remember your face just dropping. You're like, "What the hell have you done with him?" Like who? Like new Glenn? Who this? Like legit. <laughs> And the other thing is, um, while I've got you both on the podcast and like both here and like listening to me, um, I think it's testament for our friendship. Our friendship has made each individual person grow better because the three of us, no matter what situation, no matter what has happened, we can tell from a message what that person's feeling. Like I've been ill this week and it took one message into the group chat and you both were like, yeah, Sam's ill. Um, it's testament to our friendship because I think each of us is now in the best position that we have been in in our lives because we've got a strong, strong friendship behind us. Definitely, definitely. And for the people listening at home, Sam wasn't getting upset in a moment. That's just how his voice is, unfortunately, in a moment. Because it's struggling to breathe. Honestly, it sounded like you was getting. Oh, oh you, you boys mean so much to me. <laughs> so I thought I'm, I'd just I'm honestly, I'm struggling to breathe. I can't lie. That's fine. Uh, we'll but, start yeah. asking more questions, and I'll talk for you. Yeah, please. Okay, right. <laughs> so we're going to proceed on with this um, and say, okay, so we are at a point now where you've developed um a version of yourself that is i would say possibly the best version of yourself that you you are i don't know if you agree but i I personally think you have um what right now is your life like yeah it's a difficult one it's a difficult one to talk you know it's well documented on this podcast my mental health, my current mental health, and my history of mental health, especially within the last uh, 11 years. Um, Yeah. So, you know, I'm not going to go into that now. If if you'd like to listen about Matt's mental health journey, please go to episode three of the Sound Matt Antics podcast, available now on all streaming platforms. Fuck off, it wasn't that early, surely. It was. Because yours is episode four. Oh my lord. I didn't realise we did it that early. Sorry, listeners. 
Um, so, yeah, so I'm not going to talk about mental health. No, you don't. I, I don't think you need to, to be honest. No. I do think I am the best version of myself that I have been over the years. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm the best now that I have been. Mm. I can't read and talk at the same no, time. No. Sorry. Um, it's difficult. Uh, when you was talking about that question just a minute ago, so Robert, I, mm. I was thinking in my head, I wonder if he's going to ask if I like myself. And I don't know why. And I'm not going to um, go into it because that's a, it's a mental health related thing. If I'm, if I'm honest... I am, this isn't a, a, anything against like previous guests or future guests. Um, like obviously last week we had abs on and uh, last week, last time we had abs on, he is honestly one of my, one of my good friends, but this isn't anything against any of the people. But with you, I am kind of more waiting my questions um, only because I You don't want know... to say something wrong. <laughs> it's not that, it's it's more... I know the the I know that the some of the questions I could ask would get a good story from, but it's a good story for the people and not for you to talk about. So what you I'm know, trying to yeah, you know so what, what I'm, to say and what not to say. Yeah, I'm trying to guide the conversation a certain way. Because, like, I for mean, example, let, let, just for clarity's sake, nothing's off the table here, like it was on my mental health. Like, yeah, we spoke about this, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, a year ago, I might have said, right, well, don't mention that period of time. Don't mention this. But you know what? Life is too short for that. I, I have learned so much in the last five years about myself, about what I, how I need to be. These, this is on various different social situations as well. So, you know, there's no, there's nothing here, like, on this recording now, I will be mm. as open as if you was to ring me privately, yeah, and then you say, you know, can we talk about this, or how was that, you know, so, you know, nothing's off the table here, but going back to the point, you know, I... I do like myself as a person sometimes because it's, it's very, I don't know if you feel like this with your mental health. It's very Jekyll and Hyde. You know, it I, can be. I thought, for example, catching COVID, I thought I was going to, I was panicking so much at the beginning, not because of COVID. I knew that I would survive that, <laughs> so to speak. You know, and, and and just crack on as normal. But I was so worried that my mental health, as a result, was going to be like, oh shit, you know, because it can. It one minute it can be absolutely fine, the next minute it will find anything for you to think about that yeah. then make you, ah, oh, fuck, you know, I don't want to do this, don't want to do that. So I was really yeah. panicking with that. Um, I've forgotten the question. <laughs> my question. What was the was... question? My question was, what is your life like right now? And obviously, I think you've covered um, the 
you okay. side of your yeah. you side of it do you know what I mean? you, we, you've covered the you you've covered the sun in the center of the universe but what else is in that universe that is orbiting you my life right now so i it's okay in the sense that i have a roof over my head i have a job i have everybody i need my friends my family on the other end of the phone Temple Bar, I know you're in Southampton. You know, if there was a major problem, I'd you know, back. I know, for example, Gwen and Ash would, you know, as they have done on so many occasions, they've taken me in to make sure that I'm all right, you know, over Christmas, back when in the COVID years, well, still COVID, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have all that and I'm very thankful for that. I'm still not happy with my mental health. I'm not happy with myself as a result of my mental health. And I have tried very, very hard the last six months to do something about it, about trying to seek that professional help um, with the NHS, which sadly is not working very well. Because it is what it is with the NHS. The, the NHS mental health system does everything with the mental health, but with, with the NHS right now, it's overstretched so much it's so un under um funded yeah. for for context i've basically been told i thought that the best way to start now with dealing with my mental health is to talk to a counselor i thought you know i've done tried the cbt therapy i've tried you know writing things down on my by myself it it doesn't work with me and so I think the best thing to do is to try and speak to a counsellor. So for context, about three, four weeks ago, I had a phone call with the mental health wellbeing people that I've been dealing with over the last sort of, uh, six months or so with the CBT therapy. Um, but they basically said that they can't put me through to speak or see a counsellor because there's an 11 month waiting list and they don't want to put me on the waiting list because I'm not a risk to myself or other people or society. Yeah. That's what I've been told, which I understand. I understand they're short staffed. I understand they haven't got the funding. I understand that, but surely this is going to sound a really over the top exaggeration. And I, I don't mean this, this is not me, don't read anything to it. But it basically to me means that the only way they're going to actually think, oh, we need to put them on the waiting list, is if I tell them and threaten them that I'm going to top myself. Yeah. That's what it, that, that's what it is. And um, I'm not no, like that. I understand I'm that. not going to do that. I understand where you're coming from. Um, it it's goes to, you know, everyone needs help. It's not just the people that are most at risk. Yeah. Same with like COVID, you know. There are really, really at risk people, but everyone is needing help, not just the, the most at risk. Um, I think the topic of mental health is something that is not easy for everyone to talk about, and it's not easy for people to hear always. Um, and it's not easy for men to talk. People it is ever. definitely, definitely harder for men to talk about, only because we are told constantly, man up. We are told, you will like we're, we're just told to sorry i'm actually getting a little bit um 
Well, let's let's let's, let's not let's not go into the mental health discussion because we've had yeah. this exact situation on our. Okay. Um, okay right. Moving on to moving on to the next question then. Okay. So, what from everything that you've learned up until um, the thirty first of March, twenty twenty two? Is that today's going... date? That is, yeah. Oh, it's my birthday in seven days. It, it's your birthday in seven days. But my question is. As of March the first, uh, March the thirty first, twenty twenty two. Yeah. What are your main motivations and focuses going forward? Good question. I I'm very committed and very motivated to still have a career on the railways. That's you know I know we laugh and joke about the whole me being Francis, you know... Francis situation, yeah. Yeah. You know, and it, to a degree, it is me. But on a, on a very serious note, I am very, very committed and very, very keen to have a career in the railways. That's where I want to be. That's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, Polar Speed is, is, is a fantastic employer and has been a fantastic employer to me. And... To leave there, I know I complain about it a lot, you know, but to actually leave there completely to start another job will be extremely difficult. Very, very difficult. It's not necessarily because of the company. It's, it's because of the people within the company. It's like every job. The people make the job. You take away the people, you've got nothing. Um... So when that time does does come about, it will be sad. Um, <clears throat> but you know, like I say, the railways is where I want to be. That is, you know, what I want to do going forward. Um, in in terms of the future as well, you know, I'm still a fair way off, but you know, I would like to have a son and a daughter in my life. One day, um, got a goddaughter, but you know, you do have a goddaughter. It's not mine, so as in my child. So yeah, I but... think um, this this actually is quite a good good thing. So your main motivations, from what I'm understanding, is you've learned who you are as a person. Yeah, and you've learned um, what makes you tick and what you like and what you don't like about your current your current employer. Mm-hmm. And what you're saying is when to leave the place you are now it has to be a job that you want on the railways which is fine but you want that job so that you can then create uh meet someone uh create obviously a family environment have a place and that that is something that is good it's always good to focus on the carrot and i think that in society nowadays we're just kind of focused on surviving and we don't think about the the carrot at the end of, of it because ultimately life is whipping us and it's when life is in that moment sometimes seeing the carrot and chasing it feels harder than just accepting the whip i've never heard this expression ever in my life it's what like what do we i mean i've i've removed the word you know, like the carrot and the stick. 
so people enjoy the stick because they get hit with this the stick and they enjoy like the the not literally getting hit with a stick but like they enjoy the I bet they picking. do the kinky bastards <laughs> we all love a good sticking but i think the, the thing that is the, what i mean is so you have people in this world that enjoy getting the negative um like people saying you need to do better you need to try harder but then you also have the people that say if you work as hard as you do you can become this and they give them a carrot in front of them and you chase that carrot constantly but yeah nobody in this world i i'm my own biggest critic and i know a lot of people say that fact i that's a fact i i come down on myself very very hard for lots he of said come down not go down you dirty bastards Stop oh, it. there we go um <laughs> you know if 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 i'm not happy about something i've done I and uh, unfortunately it is in the, what's in, of mental health as well. Like I will be very difficult for myself for quite a while about it. Um, Would you say you were a people pleaser? Hmm, that is a good question. I. I don't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I would say that. Okay, and I'm going to ask you a question related, but do you think there is another level to Matt that you're not being able to see because you're so focused on everyone else? There's always going to be different parts of Matt. There's going to be the school life Matt. There's going to be the social aspect, especially the social life Matt, like with his friends. There's going to be the work Matt, because the work Matt is completely different to, you know, if I'm, let's say, so I'm talking to you now, I'm talking mm-hmm. to obviously Glenn as well. You know, if we was having a conversation similar to this, obviously not a podcast, within my workplace, it would be a very different conversation to how it is now. Yeah. Uh, so there's the different aspect of that. The the only other aspect of Matt that we've not unlocked yet is mm. the family man, Matt. Yeah. Uh, I very much look forward to, the, to those if days. If, if I were to be brutally honest, I think part of the reason why that Matt is yet to be unlocked is because you're still taking i wouldn't necessarily say wasting time but i think you're focusing too much on other people um making sure they're okay making sure that everyone is happy around you rather than helping yourself for example if you had the last if if you had five slices of bread left and you had five people that were struggling and were starving around you you would give them all five pieces of bread you wouldn't half the bread or hold it back for yourself you would give it all to them but that doesn't help you and i think that is key in your story you are correct in the sense that i with everything work social life 
family, friends. I always make sure everyone else is okay before I look after myself. In actual fact, I'm not very good at looking after myself. <laughs> and that's why I prefer to make sure everyone is okay. I don't know why. I think, I think the biggest thing is, um, we said it time and time again, and you've said this back to me, so theoretically I am quoting you back to me. Right. And I think I've said it before on the podcast, but a plane's crashing, you have to put your oxygen mask on before you help anyone else's. So I think my advice would be to go when you're going forward, just take a little bit more time on yourself. I'm not saying you don't have to stop helping people, of course, but just focus on yourself a little bit more. Um and you never know. You might achieve the future that you're aiming for. Yeah, I'll try, but as we both know it's very, very difficult to change the way you are. How do you feel about change? I mean, change is a given. There's two certain... There's two certainties of being born and dying. And amongst all that, you have various different changes. I... I'm not a massive fan of change. I'm very much a home comforts, you know, you know, try and keep everything as it is because everything is, is okay. And maybe that's why I've been at my place of work for so long. Mm. But, okay. So, so you've, you described um, how your motivation is going forward, but, and you've said sort of what you're aiming for, but I'm going to give you, I know you've answered this, the coffee question before. Um, for those of you that don't know the coffee question, um, it's, I, I asked the guests um, in 10 years time, we meet, our eyes meet across a crowd. You're sat at a table and I come up to you, get order a coffee and say, right, what's your life like now? But I know you've already answered that question. So I'm going to give you a slightly, slightly different question. Okay. You have got everything you want in 10 years time. Everything, every single last thing that you dream of, you have got. Okay. As Lando Lewis, IS and Jensen Michael Dyer started his starting career. He is thriving. He is getting oh, first place. It's here we go. Daddy can retire. Are you going to be intrinsically happy? Are you going to be happy within yourself? Yes. Why? And don't just say because you've achieved everything you wanted to achieve. What about that environment, that situation... Having the wife, the house, the 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 son who is thriving, having all of it, having the car. Why? I think because as are a you person, going to be happy? I. It's a very good question. It's, a, it's quite a complex answer to try and get a, across, but I would trade, other than my friends and my family, 
I would trade everything in my life to have that family setting. Yeah. So the job, you know, the everything, I would trade it like that. Mm. And I think as long as my eventual children can grow up to be best version of themselves they can. Yeah. Even if little Lando doesn't get to that doesn't matter. I'm not gonna be angry. I'm not gonna be upset. You know, the only thing I can wish and be, you know, is that they try their best. And if they've done that and they're they're happy and they're healthy, then I will be happy. Does that make sense? That makes perfect sense. Thank you. I feel like I'm waffling because I don't really know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I think that um, it's it's very it's very interesting to hear. Um, like we, we we it's not I'm not gonna lie and say that we don't talk about the future with each other, but we we do. Of course we do. But it's just interesting to kind of pick back and find out why you would be happy with the goal that you want to achieve because the goal that you want to achieve is incredibly ascertainable it really is but i think sometimes we need to stop and we're all guilty of this sometimes we need to stop and think why why do i want to achieve this goal why do i want to have that dream and if it's anything less than for yourself, for example, if it's for um, social media, for status, for money, for whatever, that is not a dream you should achieve, in my opinion anyway. But mm. your happiness stems from having the family environment you at the helm as the dad alongside you your beautiful partner having your children having that for you is your dream mm. whereas for other people it might be i want to make this money i want to travel the world i want to do this that and the other realistically what what do you have when all of that is done you have a lot of things you also have a lot of nothing but with your dream with the family environment that is everything yeah sorry just trying to breathe <laughs> um and i think that if i'd asked you that question all those years ago um when we first met i don't think that would have been your answer I truly, truly don't. And no, I don't think it would have been. But I think I that's think because that... I was so, I was so career sort of orientated. Even though I never actually moved anywhere, it was you know it's only been recently that I, thought, you know what, right? This is let's not concentrate on that now. Let's try and concentrate on other things. Yeah, I think that is important, and it is also commendable. Um, it, it it does speak well for your growth. Um, and I am actually confident that it will happen. I know it will. I know it will. I'm sure Glenn will agree with me. It is 
going to happen. I look forward to seeing little Lando Lewis Ayrton Jensen Michael Dyer pick up his first trophy. And do you know what else I look forward to? The day Matt Dyer can retire because his son is <laughs> a multi-world champion. But until then, I've got the podcast, so, you know. Hey. Okay, so just when Sam, he could rest his voice. No, it's not happening. Do you know why that is? I do. It's because it's time for story time with Sam. Now gather around, everyone. I have got a great story from Reddit for you this week. And this was actually sent in from one of our listeners, um, Jade. So, Jade, what happens next? The anger that ensues is all your fault. Much love. Oh, God, here we go. Okay, so, Redire is from Am I the Arsehole? Of course it is. <laughs> Am I the arsehole for making a joke about my brother's affair at his wedding? Are you, what, are your, what are your initial thoughts? Well, I can, uh, <laughs> I can I need to know more of this story. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's get right in about it. So, when I was in elementary school, I was the type of kid who got disrupts class often on their report card, so I never focused much. My district had this system where they would pair high school scholars with younger kids to help them with school, etc. And my mum made me do that after I kept getting into trouble. So my tutor was a freshman, Abby. So she could she would come over to our house after school and help me with my homework or something. I better remember. My brother, John, was the same age as Abby. So they would talk to each other and ended up dating. She stopped tutoring me officially after like a month. But since she was at our house a lot, I also talked to Abby a lot. And we were close as well. Fast forward 10 years, Abby and John got married and had a kid together. Five years later, John tells me that he's getting a divorce because he's met someone new. It sucked because I like John and Abby together a lot, but whatever. Then he tells me he had an affair with his new girlfriend. Also sucks, and I told him he shouldn't have hurt Abby like that, but whatever. I also asked Abby how she was doing, and she was not doing well, but she told me she didn't want her to be the reason I have a bad relationship with my older brother. However, two months before the wedding, Abby calls me and tells me that my brother's girlfriend has been harassing her non-stop. She showed me the texts and his girlfriend was saying some pretty disturbing things about how she's so much better than Abby, taunting Abby for having to share custody of her kid now, etc. Basically, just making fun of her and bullying her. I told my brother about this, and he said he would 
ask his girlfriend about it. A month later, I asked him if he's ever brought it up, and he said he did, but saw nothing wrong with the texts. This pissed me off. I confirmed he saw this he saw the text the same the exact same text that I saw. Abby apologized for involving me in the whole thing in the first place and encouraged me to still go to the wedding when my brother asked me to make a speech. I think we all know where this is going, eh, Matt? Uh? Oh Lord. Oh my god. Oh god. <laughs> It's all kicking off. It's all, it is all kicking off. The speech went well until I made a joke. The gist of the joke was me turning to his new wife and telling her that if she learned anything from this, he should know that my brother will never let his current wife stop him from finding the love of his life. <laughs> this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> I mean, it's fair enough to call it about on this bullshit, to be honest. But hey, um, this got my brother and his new wife really mad. And they kicked me out shortly after. And my brother has been calling and texting me nonstop, yelling at me. So Reddit, am I the arsehole? Reddit, <laughs> It's all kicking off. It's all kicking off for the wedding. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not get bogged down with who cheated on who. My God. See, why just be? This is why you don't cheat because it just comes back to in. But uh, I, I mean, well, kills being extreme, but um, yeah, no, I agree. I think it's um. It's a form of karma, in a way, what the brother's done. But equally, it's it's a bit extreme, isn't it? Like, it's, a, it's I feel like a line may be crossed a little bit. At the wedding speech, bro. Yeah, there are some places you just don't do that. Let's be honest. Would you like to hear? The comments? Some comments, okay. Of course I would, Cyril. So, Cats and Cupcakes says... <laughs> Hello, <laughs> hello, Treacle. Hello, hello, Treacle. That's a good one. Maybe you should not do the try and do the okay voices. Voices, yeah. All right, I hear, I hear. You know how vigilantes are technically in the wrong, but we all cheer them on anyway. You're the arsehole, but high five. <laughs> Jeez. Um, someone else has said, "I read the title and thought, really." You're not sure if you're the arsehole? But then I laughed at the joke, so maybe we're all the arseholes. Um, now, this one's actually been backed a little bit, so I'm just going to read this out slightly longer. But um, Cerebral Flatulence says... Well, kill us both, why don't you? Sorry. Could you clarify the name again? It's just going to kill us both off with some cerebral flatulence. What was the first word? Cerebral. Basically, it's a fancy way of saying brain farts. 
Right. Anyway, do you want to hear what Breakfast says? <laughs> yes, please. I think there is a line between Arsehole and the Shit Disturber. They are closely <laughs> related, but I think they're both their own distinct subspecies. My personal theory is, after a normal individual's many interactions with an arsehole, there is some sort of DNA mutation which changes the regular individual into a shit disturber. This theory, I approve of. Well, let's, Mr. <laughs> or Mrs. Flatulence there has uh, Three really done really done their homework, haven't they? Yeah, brain farts has thought about that a lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Hello, welcome back. Uh, no, <laughs> it's because you've not done it this week. I, I haven't done it in like two weeks. Oh, yeah, and that's a is all we've got time for this week. Oh, no, you're joking me. Why do you have the audacity of doing this to me? Are you kidding me off? <laughs> all right. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, he's talking it off. He's talking it off. Thank you so much for interviewing me as you did, Segura. You are welcome. Thank you to the listeners for listening and maybe finding out a little bit about Matt Dyer than you already knew. There we go. And um, we'll be back next week as normal with episode 32. Mm. But if that's just too long for you to wait here's so proper in the quickest way possible so that he can save his any more discomfort so brother yeah how can they get in touch with us okay right i'm actually gonna double time this so are we ready for this buckle in buckle in children do you want me to do music or i i don't want music no i can't rap okay but here we go follow our instagram at Sam Antics, follow our Facebook, which is the Sam Antics podcast, follow our TikTok, which is at Sam Antics, or if you want to send an email like an old fart, it's Sam Antics podcast at gmail.com. You got one of them wrong. I didn't. TikTok is not at Sam Antics podcast. I said at Sam Antics. No, you said at Sam Antics podcast. So that's Sam Antics. Do you want to do it again? I'll do it again. Okay. <laughs> Our Instagram. Okay, here we go. Follow our Instagram. It's at Sam Antics. Follow our TikTok, which is at Sam Antics. Follow our Facebook, which is Sam Antics Podcast. Or if you're an old fart, it's Sam Antics Podcast at gmail.com for the email. Basically, just search the Sam Antics Podcast and then you should come up. And uh, all that is left to say is Sam Cobb is going to go rest his voice. Matt Dyer is going to greatly get over from COVID. And we'll chat to you guys next week.